Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. I guess you guys may have heard on the news this tragic event that happened out in California. I knew it was West. Uh, here you go, Steve. About the uh, fireman that went to the fire station and killed his co-worker and then shot another one that just got in the way and then went home and burned his house down. Uh, yesterday? Yesterday or the day before? Yeah. California. So I told them boys last night, we're sitting around just doing our solving all the world problems, you know, like we do. I said, hey, fellas, I said, look here. You better not make me mad now. <laughs> all right. So I thought I was pretty cool. And then they turned around and looked at me and like, BT, there's more of us than there is of you. <laughs> So you might ought to take care of yourself first. Then they told me of a lieutenant that they used to have that I replaced. And uh, <clears throat> he had ridden this boy so hard that at nighttime, he would go to his office, his bedroom and office were in the same room, and he would shove his desk against the door so that this cat just wouldn't accidentally walk in on him in the middle of the night. So I thought, well... I hope I'm not making them boys that mad, you know. Ride them pretty hard, but still. I don't know if I told you this, but uh I have the, is it dubious pleasure of having the honor and all the accolades that go along with that as being an arrogant, hard-working, hard-making-my-guys-work lieutenant. Nobody wants to work on my shift because we train. Every second that we don't have something we have to do, we're training. So they don't like that. We can't get this other work done because you're training. And I'm like, well, okay, don't come on my shift. If that's the way you feel about it, I don't want you on my shift. And like yesterday, uh, the truck crew were out in the bay. They were doing rope stuff, hanging from ropes. You know, that's not my thing. So uh, I gathered up my engine company and medic company, and we went in the day room and did some EMS stuff. So... We were training. They were doing theirs. We were doing ours. The best part of all of that was the fire chief walks through and sees us all in there training. So I'm thinking, you know, I don't do it for show, but it doesn't hurt when the big man gets to see <laughs> do stuff, you know. And it, it was by accident. A few shifts back, uh, I asked one of the young guys, I said, you know, what is it you want to do today? Well, I want to practice on this forcible entry door. Okay, we'll do that. So the afternoon comes along, and I've got some serious work that I need to get done in the office, right? And uh, so I'm typing away, and they're saying, like, hey, BT, we're going to be outside. I'm like, okay. I'm like, man, I really need to get this work done. But something told me, just go on out there. So I walk out there, put my gloves on, act like I'm participating, you know. And lo and behold, who shows up? The fire chief. Pats me on the shoulder and says, it's good to see you out here with these boys. <laughs> so as soon as he leaves, right, I tell my driver, Jimmy, I said, okay, I can go back in there and do my stuff now. The chief done seen me. I can, we can quit now. <laughs> I want to talk to you. I was doing my reading uh, in my Bible and some study stuff, and it, it just so happened that I had hit Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, so I'm studying it and studying my other stuff that I was reading with it. 
And uh, I thought this is really a good message for the seniors, you know. And then uh, lo and behold, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. And what do we do on Memorial Day weekend? We remember, right? And we talked about that on Sunday. We remember those that have passed away in service for our country. Well, as Christians, as anybody, we should remember where we came from. Uh, you know, some of us don't have to remember near as far as others have to remember. But we can all remember a time in our lives when we may not have been in the place we are today with the Lord. Uh, some of us can remember things that, that was horrible. I should have never done that. Others can remember, you know, I wasn't near as horrible as everybody else. But just because you're not as horrible as everybody else, you're still destined for the same place that those horrible people are headed for. So we need to remember where we came from in order, I believe, to appreciate where we are today and then appreciate where we are today. So I've got a, this could be an exceptionally short sermon uh, today, but I want to talk to you about remembering, okay? Can you do that? Can you put up with me reading just a little bit first? I want to set the foundation for what I'm going to talk about. It's Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> verses 1 through 10. The Apostle Paul is writing, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live. You followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving death or wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming days he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Remembering what we were and realizing what we are. Those first three verses, uh, they're pretty hardcore, aren't they? They tell us that uh, before we came to Christ that we were dead. And we were dead in our transgressions. We were spiritually dead. Even though our bodies are alive, our spirit was dead and destined for death for eternity. We were following the lost ways of this world and its ruler, and we were headed for judgment. I don't have this up there, Matt, so don't freak out. Romans 1 and 18 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless, godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And then I'm going to take parts of Romans 5, or 2, 5 through 11. It says, Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you were storing up wrath against yourselves for the day of God's wrath. 
when his righteousness and he, I'm sorry, when his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they have done. If you skip on down, it's not up there. To verse nine, it says, "There will be troubles and distress for every human being who does evil." So before we came to Christ, we may have felt like we're alive. I believe the world feels like they're alive because they're satisfying, gratifying their flesh today. So in that sense, they feel alive. They feel happy. They don't feel like they're missing out on anything. And that's the sad part. That's the deception, I believe, of the world. You know, if you tell them, hey, if you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to eventually spend eternity in hell. And without Christ, it doesn't matter how good you are in this world. And that's the big thing. The world says, hey, I ain't killed nobody, right? Have you heard that one? I ain't killed nobody yet. So I'm, I'm okay. Well, that's not cutting it, and we know that. So even though they feel alive, they're not alive, and it's a big lie by the devil. That's exactly what it is. It's a lie of the enemy, making them feel like they're something they're not. And they're eventually, as we all are, before Christ, headed for judgment. And that's not the kind of judgment we want in our lives, right? But we come to verse 4, and this is where we start getting into the good stuff, right? We come to verse 4, and verse 4, and I think I've spoke about this before, and I think you could continue saying it a thousand times, but, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that we have been saved. But God. I was reading this stuff about this, and you always see a, a contrast there. And in here we see a negative thing. This is a negative deal, right? We're going to hell. But God. But God interjected, intervened in our lives, when we had no clue, because we were dead in our transgressions, that he did this for us. But God, who is what? Rich in mercy. A merciful God. There aren't too many little g gods out there that are very merciful. They want their pound of flesh, you know? Eye for an eye. But God is merciful and that mercy is so rich to me in that every day I mess up, God is merciful to forgive me. You know, I just have to say, Father, I'm sorry. And I have to realize, hey, who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm in his family. And I might have messed up, but that doesn't mean I'm out of his family. You just mess up. How many of us have kids that mess up? You know, I can put my hand up in here big time. That you have children or family members that mess up, but that doesn't make them any less your children. And when they come to us, most of us, most of the time, want to believe them and forgive them and just love on them again. I know I did. I know there were times when my boys would mess up, make me so mad I'd want to, you know, kill them almost, sort of, just maim them real good. But when they would come to me and put their arms around me and tell me, Daddy, I'm sorry, I've messed up. 
It didn't matter what they did at that point. You know, I just put my arms around them and loved them. That's what my dad did. And that used to embarrass me as a kid. My daddy would hug me and kiss me when he'd drop me off at school. Ninth grade, ninth grade, first period's football, right? I get out of the car, daddy reaches up and gives me a hug and kiss me, and all them boys are sitting on bleachers looking, and I'm like, please. But now I'm thinking, you know what? I love that, and I appreciate that, and I'm not ashamed of that in any manner. We talk about it at work, our families, and some of them boys just didn't come from good homes. I'm blessed. I came from a loving home. And I said, I don't understand. My daddy loved me, and he told me he loved me, and he showed me that he loved me. Not just not getting me things, but just loving me, you know? There's something about a father or mother that puts their arms around a child, gives them that kiss on the forehead. Dad would kiss me smooth on the lips, you know, and say, I love you. And that's what our father wants to do for us. And that's what he does because he's rich in mercy. So we mess up, but we have a father that loves us. And all he's, he's standing there with his arms wide open saying, come to me and love on me, you know? A lot of us, a lot of you guys, never get outside that, that hug. But when we do step outside that hug, it's just a matter of saying, Father, I'm sorry, and coming back to Him. I'm way off where I think I should be. <laughs> Let's look at what we have because of those great mercy and riches. We have life. We have life. We were dead in our transgressions. But now we have life. And you know what's cool? I think as a Christian, we can experience life like no one else can experience life. Because we can see the good when the world wants to see the bad. We can have victory, we can have joy, and we can have peace when the world is worried about what's going on in the political world. What's going on in this world? Whether, you know, you got all these people that think that uh, the world's going to be dead here in just a few years. Okay, so what? <laughs> you know, I have life and I have it abundantly. Let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 2. If I have that up there, let's see. Do I have it? Yep. When we were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision, uncircumcision of your flesh, God made us alive with Christ and what? Forgave us all our sins because He is... Rich in mercy, you know, man, whether you messed up this little bit or you messed up this little bitty bit, he forgives the same. And I would think that the one that has the most to be forgiven for probably should be the most happiest because of what God's done for him. You know, God has done something really amazing for us. God is life. Romans 6, 23, we should know this one by heart. For the wages of sin is death, but... That's that but again, you know. <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life. So the first thing He's done for us is given us life. Next one is hope. Titus 1, verses 1 through and 2. Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, to further God, faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of what? Eternal life. 
which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. So long before we realized we were lost and without hope, long long before we were even born, He made a way for us to have hope. He made a way for us to have life. Because we were dead, now we have life. Because we have life, we have hope. So it doesn't matter what the world's doing. We know that we have hope in Christ. The two songs that Steve sung this morning, uh, just a closer, no, what was the, the, the last two? Both of them in my father's house. What did he, what did Jesus say just before he left? Help me out. I'm going to prepare a place and where I am, so he gave us that hope that day just before he left this earth and says, you know what? I got to go away. One, if I don't go away, the promise of the Holy Spirit, you know, can't come yet. But if I go away, I'm going to come back and get you. Man, that's hope, isn't it? And then the hope of when we die, what is our hope there? Eternal life. We were talking about this before service, Jeanette and I. What has the world, what has the enemy got over us to make us fearful? If you think about it, nothing. Because one, I have a father that's greater than anything he can ever be. What's the worst thing you could do to me? Kill me. And what's the best thing you could do for me? Kill me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, give, give me your best shot, devil. You know, because even in the midst of, even if you just maim me real good, right? I can still have joy and peace because I have a father that loves me. And he can heal me if he wants to. But the worst thing you can do for me is take my life. And the best thing you can do for me is send me to heaven. I think about Stephen. This dude's getting bombarded by rocks. You know, who would want to be in that spot? And there he is. I can just, I, I'm just gonna have to take some literary, uh, freedom here. I can see him getting hit by rocks and it's gotta be hurting. But at the same time, he's got this big old smile on his face because he looks up into heaven and he sees the Father and Jesus and he's like, I'm fixing to be right there too. Come on boys, take your best shot at me. Because there's nothing you can do that's gonna take me away from where I'm fixing to go. And he just closes his eyes and goes to sleep, don't he? Amen. I, I don't know, that kind of makes me happy that we have a hope. Not only do we have hope, but we have position. Verse number 6 says that God raised us up with Christ and seated us. Is that there? Where are we seated? With, with Him in heavenly realms. So we have a position. We have a place that we're going to be, and our position is going to be with Him in heaven. And when it says that you seated us with Him, don't not so sure what that position will be, but it doesn't matter. As long as we're there with the one that we remember every Sunday that paid that price that we could be there, we'll get to be with Him. And that's a, man, that's, 
that's beyond hope right there too. But we have a position, we have a place in heaven because we're alive. We have a place in heaven to be with Him. And we have a purpose for both today and for the future. For the future, verse 7, in order that in the coming ages He might show His incomparable riches and grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God wants to make us a demonstration of His abundant grace. He wants to show us off, right? We're a case study in, look, I took this sorry individual, imparted grace to them that they had nothing to do with other than just accept it by faith. That's the other cool thing. We don't have to do anything to earn life. We don't have to do anything to earn hope. And we don't have to do anything to earn position other than simply believe and have faith that He's paid the price for us and we'll be with Him. The world wants to put all these, well, you know, if you want to be this, you got to do this. If you want to be that, you got to do that. I just simply believe and accept Him into my heart. Boom, I've got it all now. And God's wanting to show whoever it may be in the heavenly realms, hey, look at here, <laughs> check, check Linda out. She used to be sorry as dirt. <laughs> but today, here's my glorious, glorious lady. Saved, sealed, sanctified, all those other things we used to say. And on our way to heaven. And we can all insert ourselves there. Whether we're the sorriest of the sorriest or whether we're just kind of not necessarily sorry, but just a little bit sorry. We are still a case study in what God can do, a case study of His love, a case study of His grace and His mercy, not because of what we do. Then our purpose for the present in verse 10, He says, For we are the handiwork created in Christ Jesus to what? Do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Sometimes I believe people get confused with the doing as earning. Right? Because I mean that's the system. You know, you go to work, you do stuff, you earn some money and they pay you. But we're doing good work not to earn our way into heaven, but we're doing good work because we love the Father that's given all that to us. I know that... uh when I treat Miss Cindy, that's what they call her at work, Miss Cindy Wright, she treats me right. So if I want Miss Cindy on the good graces of Miss Cindy, I'm going to treat Miss Cindy right. But it, it's smart man. Yep. Every now and then I have to remind myself. But you know what? <clears throat> I love her so much that if she could never do another thing for me, I want to do because I love her. As a young man, as a young married guy, you know, it's like staying out of the hot water to, you know, keep the house clean, stuff like that. Uh, but as I've grown older and I've grown more mature in our love for one another, I know that there's really not much that I could do that would run her off from me or to change her love for me. But I just want to do for her because I love her. 
And that's the example that we are. I'll just use that as an example of how we love our Father so much and appreciate all that He's done for us that we just want to do for Him. It's a desire that comes out of a heart that's what alive, out of a heart that has hope, and out of a heart that has position. Told you it's short and sweet, right? Kind of like Miss Loretta. <laughs> we need to remember where we came from. Not to boast in it, but not to repeat it. And we need to realize the place we're at. So when discouragement comes, when the enemy comes and tells us you're nothing, when things go on and you feel discouraged because you feel like life just isn't treating me fair, you just hold your head up high and say, you know, I'm alive in Christ. I may be poor in health. I may be poor financially. I may not have nothing. But I'm alive inside. Because I have a hope. Because of that life, I have a hope of where I'm going to get to spend eternity with my Father. And I have a position there with Jesus. And today, I need to do good works for Him. Because I am a case study. Look here. He started out here. Yeah, He failed here. But I loved Him anyway. Oh, wait a minute. He failed here too. I think, <laughs> I don't know why this just popped in my head, but you know, you think about gears, you know. They're just a continual circle of gears. That's, that seems to be what my life wants to be. Up and down, 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 up and down. But in all of that, my father still loves me. And he still shows me mercy. And I have that hope and I can be alive in him. Amen. So let's don't forget where we came from. Let's realize the position that we're in today. And no matter what, hold your head up high. Big old smile on your face like Pastor Steve likes. And live in what God has done for us today. Amen. Alrighty. That's all I got for you today.